Please listen carefully. And now, live from the aquarium in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions podcast, featuring two guys napping in a Wookiee's lap, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions podcast, Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast is our long-awaited assumption of... Book of Boba Fett. Fett! Do, 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 do. Or however it goes. <laughs> <laughs> there is that Fett in there, though. You keep mentioning it to me, like in our group, and now I can't not hear that every time I hear that theme song. Yeah, I swear the Fett was only at the end part, but. I have to go back and check on my rewatch. Go and check. So, usually for stuff like this, we would do a round table, but it's just me and Mikey here. It is a spring break time. Yes. So our producers and announcer are on vacation, <laughs> but Book of Boba Fett needed to be done. It needed to be talked about. So we are talking about it right now, just me and Mikey. Pow, pow. So Book of Boba Fett, what is it, Mikey? What was Book of Boba Fett? Book of Boba Fett was a seven-episode series after Mandalorian Season 2, but also on Disney+. Plus. Uh, came out this year, and it is the continuation because, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Mando Season 2, but it's way past time for you to catch up. We saw Boba Fett take over Jabba the Hutt's palace. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm going to be the new crime lord on Tatooine. Yep. And that's where Mando left off. And so and there was announcements. There's a couple Nerd Alerts episodes about it. But they're saying, hey, we're giving Book of Boba Fett his own do, his own show, because he was a character that had 10 minutes of screen time in the originals, but is often cited as a fan favorite. So... Mm -hmm. They decided to flesh him out with this series. Yeah, and one of the fans is a guy named John Favreau, <laughs> uh, who created this show, wrote most of the episodes, and got his friends into direct again. Friends we know of Dave Filoni, Robert Rodriguez, uh, mm -hmm. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yep, a great group of directors. Uh, and uh, limited series, seven episodes. And we will do our standard thing where we go through them. But who's in this? Okay, we got Timur Morrison reprising his role as Boba Fett. There you go. Used to be Jango Fett and is now Boba Fett. Still looking sharp and still fitting the timeline for, yep. for Boba Fett. It does fit the timeline. And they kind of used like, hey, he looks a little old because he got all acid washed. <laughs> it's acid washed Boba Fett. Uh, that guy, Brad, did bring up a point that I have to point out here. Uh, I buy everything about Boba Fett and Tamara Morrison, um, but his teeth are a little too perfect. Like, if you're in a Sarlacc pit, yes. you're, you're going to get some messed up teeth. His teeth were very white. <laughs> very white. And, but I, maybe the Sarlacc pit acid bleached his teeth. There you go. A whitening treatment. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> also starring the great Ming-Na Wen is Fennec Shand. Yes. Uh, a mercenary and assassin in Fett's service, indebted to him, and we get to see why. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, she showed her robot belly, but we get to see the whole <laughs> way she got robot belly. And also, top of the list of starring in this, and what I'm looking at on the wiki over here, is Pedro Pascal as Din Djarin. From The Mandalorian. Yeah. And recurring co-stars, Matt Berry. Yes, New York City. <laughs> our favorite, playing the voice of 8D8. A torture droid in Boba Fett's first thing. Was he, was he supposed to be that torture droid? 
from the movies? It, it looks like it. It seems like everything that's in Hut's palace is left over. Yeah. Like, it hasn't been touched. Like, Babe Fortuna didn't hire any new mm-hmm. people. It's all the Jabba Hut people we know. So, mm-hmm. I would say so. Ooh, interesting. Uh, David Pesquisi is the Twi'lek Major Domo to mock Shaz, the mayor of Mos Espa. The mayor looks weird, but David Pesquisi as the Major Domo, one of the subtle best B-list characters yes. in here. The Great from Flashdance, right? Yeah. Jennifer Beals. As uh, the casino nightclub owner? Yeah. Absolutely. She was the Twi'lek. There's a lot of Twi'lek action happening on uh, Tatooine. Especially a couple episodes in, for yeah. sure. But then we also get, like, those are the major players, but we do get some fun little cameos from people we know and love. Uh, Steven Root from Office Space mm-hmm. and Dodgeball. Yeah. He shows up for an episode or two. Danny Trejo, Machete. Yeah. We get to see him. There's so many fun people in here. There is so many fun people. A lot of new characters introduced. It's a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to use a little uh, the structure here of the episodes. There's only seven episodes. We're kind of go through them, kind of give them, I guess what we thought of each episode, and at the end, we'll pizza it up. Yep, and they did the cool thing that I like. This was a weekly release. Uh, I got to watch it with my friends. We sort of anticipated it, watched it during game group. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm kind of curious. On my second rewatch, I'll go back and binge watch it, but it's kind of cool to like get an episode at a time and discuss it. So the cool thing, they did an interesting, I don't know what you you want to call it, a uh, technique, I guess, of flashbacks in here in that Boba Fett would get into a back to tank. Mm-hmm. And while he was in the back to tank, we'd get to see like a back to dream, I guess, or a flashback of the backstory of how he got here. It's the backstory tank. Yeah, absolutely. The backstory tank. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting because that was a, it's a narrative choice and I was on board with it, but we are getting two stories concurrently, simultaneously. Mm-hmm. One's old, one's new, and they, they, I mean, it's in the back to tank, obviously, but they don't really tell you when and where. Right. Man, John Favreau, he's kind of, he seems like he ran into Bill Burr at like a dinner party <laughs> to convince him to be in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's a guy who like goes to dinner parties, has dinner parties. He has to know of Patton Oswald's bit with Boba Fett. Or at least has seen it, yeah. Right. You're talking about the Parks and Rec improv, which was my favorite thing about this first episode, because as soon as it aired, everybody was like, this is what Patton Oswalt did his whole improv on on Parks and Rec. Exactly. Boba Fett's hand coming up through the sand. It was exactly... Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't be surprised if it came from a fancy Hollywood dinner party, though. Or he just likes Parks and Rec like everyone should. (laughs) But we do see Boba Fett in the Sarlacc. We see him escape from the Sarlacc. We see um, the Jawas steal his armor. Yes. Uh, from him, and then he gets captured by Tuscan raiders. Yes. And he's made a slave, which in a very tribal form, you capture an enemy or something, you make him a slave. That's it. Him and some poor Rodean person. I don't know if that was a male or female. It's hard to tell. <laughs> with Rodean, or if they even have males and females. Who knows? They might just be one asexual sex and ha- lay eggs or something. It could be one of those weird species. They, they start off male and then switch over to female yeah. or switch back as, as the environment needs. Yeah, who knows? Well, anyway, it's a Rodean, and they are being used to dig up black melons, which who knows what those were. I don't know. I don't remember those from anything. I don't know if they just made those up. But I don't really care. I like it. It's cool canon. You always say, how can, people sur- how can the Tuscan Raiders survive out there without the moisture farming? Apparently, they find desert water bottles that are yeah. buried a couple feet below the surface. Yeah, exactly. 
and apparently it's a pain in the butt to dig for them, so they use their like captured prisoners to do it. So they're sending Boba Fett and the Rodean out there chained up to dig up the black melons. I felt so bad for that Rodean though, because they got like little flower fingers. Like <laughs> they're so loosey goosey. Like he's trying his best, but no way he was gonna survive that prison treatment. No, not at all. And he almost didn't. He almost gets eaten by some kind of crazy creature. You mean Goro from Mortal Kombat yeah. with four arms? Or some, it looked like something to me from um like one of those old stop motion. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like like um Jason and the Argonauts or something. <laughs> Clash of the Titans. Yeah. <laughs> Very much Clash of the Titans. Absolutely. Yeah. But he goes all Princess Leia, Hut Slayer, and wraps that chain around the thing's neck. Yes. Chokes it out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, kind of endears himself to the uh, the tribe there. Because he helps the Tuscans and he saves the Tuscan child. Yeah. The one, t- mm-hmm. I think there's like three in the tribe, but yeah. he does save one of them and that endears him to the, the, oh, that's like, that's perfect storytelling. Right. So that's kind of how we see that. That's. Like you said, there's kind of two concurrent stories. That part of this episode is the story of how Boba Fett survives the Sarlacc and gets accepted into Tuscan society. Yeah, which I didn't know was only five years' time. Like I was saying, I kind of hinted at it earlier, but the timeline for this is so weird, but it's way shorter than I thought it was. Because I always thought, like, if you're in a Sarlacc pit, you're there for a thousand years, which... Well, you you know. are, unless you get out. <laughs> but I didn't realize he got out so quick, so kudos to Boba Fett. Yeah, he got out pretty fast. I think he got out like fairly immediately, though, because I think Jabba's barge was still smoking when he got out. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe it was quicker than that. I think it was super quick. Okay. I, he might have been with the Tuscans for years. Oh, there years. you go. That's what the impression I got. Yep. Especially but, with all the flashbacks we get. Yeah. The impression I got is he was with them a lot longer than it seemed. But, I mean, how do you, unless you do the old-fashioned calendar with the pages flipping <laughs> off thing. <laughs> little title card now we jump to this year yeah and they don't use the years either and so you kind of just have to figure it out yourself yeah star wars is like that actually but we do have a we do have a flashback timeline and a current timeline mm-hmm. and the current timeline is fennec shan and boba fett now in jabba the hutt's old palace or yep. Bib fortuna's palace but it's now boba's palace and they're uh, receiving gifts as the new sort of crime boss yeah tribute they're paying, there you go being, being paid tribute and they're setting up shop. Yeah, that's where we get to meet the various crime lords who are paying tribute. Is the daimyo? Daimyo? Daimyo. Daimo. 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 Looks like daimyo. But he says daimo. Major, major domo and a daimo. That fits. Di- but they're different. They're totally different <laughs> words from different origins. A daimo comes from Japanese. So what the feudal lords would be like shogun type stuff. But in the in the meta sense, I mean, that's old school Star Wars. These are based off samurai movies, which Western movies are based off samurai movies, and now Star Wars are based off a little bit of both of them. Yes, for oh, sure. great. And this is where we get, like we said, we get to meet the mayor's major domo, which he's so he's just great. He's so snivelly, and I mean, it's like perfect government administrator guy. Yeah, super like aid to a politician, super sassy, but also super eloquent and like snobby at the same time. Absolutely. And slimy and oh, it's wonderful. Wonderful job. I guess David Pesquisi is a stand-up comedian as well, so Oh, that, that explains it. Yeah, you get that. I love that whole like kind of breaking bad thing. Let's get stand-up comedians to be in not funny roles, but there is that sort of loose saying that says, like, if you can do drama, you can do drama. But if you can do comedy, you can do comedy and drama. Mm-hmm. And that's extra range. Yep. 
And then we get to see Jennifer Beals. We they go over to the sanctuary, which is like a casino type club that's under the. Uh, that's right. Under his control now. It mm. used to be Jabba's place. It's kind of funny. They they have the, they're like we didn't hear the drums and the litter and you know because he's like oh, I just walked here. <laughs> yep. You know, which is amusing. <laughs> That club totally reminds me of Club Obi-Wan from Indiana Jones, though, mm-hmm. which was based off Star Wars as a nod, but it seems like they're tying all that together. Yeah, so that's kind of the intro there. That's a, It's a nice little setup in Chapter 1. Oh, we get to see the Gamorreans come back, too, the, right. the pig guards. Right, yeah, and as soon as they leave the Sanctuary Club, they get attacked by, like, assassins because it's just like, you know, who do you think you are? Coming in town trying to yeah. take us over, yep. Who do you think you are? And, of course, between him and Fennec, they, actually, he kind of gets his butt kicked because he has to end up getting in the, in the tank. back in the tank. And Fennec just goes off. Those shields were so cool looking Best, for those uh, guards, though. Like yeah. The full red shields. That's great. Neat scene. It was great. The whole thing is, and I'm going to say this probably too many times through this little review we're doing, but out of all the stuff they've done so far which I guess is just really the movies in The Mandalorian. This is the most comic book come to life that I've seen. I've read a lot of Star Wars comics over the years. Okay. Like back in the Dark Horse days and Mm -hmm. stuff. And this whole time, this whole series just felt like a Boba Fett comic just come to life. And sure enough, we get some comic characters later on in this, too. There's, like, all the little details in here, absolutely. And, like, there's so many shots that look like panels and the way the story progresses. I'm with you. Yeah, very much so. So after you saw the first episode, were you on board immediately? Oh, absolutely, because, like, I I was a fan of Mando for both seasons. I've continued with it. Um, Boba Fett is one of the more fan-favorite characters, and it was cool to see more of him. Um, And I... I'm a, I was a bigger fan of the Tusken Raider, like, flashback, mm-hmm. but it was cool to see him, you know, as the older Boba Fett trying to make his moves. Mm-hmm. What about you? Oh, no. I'm a, Boba Fett's always been... I've been one of those fans who's it's a favorite of. I always loved Boba Fett. I played with the action Boba Fett action figure more than a lot of the other action figures. There you go. Always knew the legend of the shooting rocket hack. <laughs> yep. Which turns out was pretty much just a legend. But they didn't make it. But it was a prototype. But how How in the 80s, <laughs> how before the internet, did we know stuff like that? Uh, word of mouth. Uh, yeah, I know, but yeah. But comic geez. books, all the all the extra lore. Uh, yeah, weird. I don't know how that it got out that there was an action figure that could shoot the rocket that was a prototype that never got released. It's crazy. Because that was, uh, uh, just for speculation, that was action figure time. Like, what cool new feature do they have? And it's like, oh, this one has that. It was also, like, for me, my friends, it was always, oh, this console does this, or there's this secret console that has better graphics than what we currently have. Whether it was true or not, you couldn't verify because no internet, but there was always that word of mouth. Mm. So interesting. Uh, anyway, we move on to chapter two called The Tribes of Tatooine. Dun, dun, dun. So it starts with a Fett and Fennec. Fett and Fennec. Fett and Fennec. It sounds like a uh, <laughs> like like a uh, like a British comedy duo. There you go. <laughs> or or a spicy Italian dish. <laughs> Fett and Fennec. Yeah. Well, here's a plate of Fett and Fennec. We have some gabagool. <laughs> 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 um, so um, they captured one of the assassins that fought them, and they're interrogating him and throw him in the rancor pit. Yes. And he's all freaking out, and the gates opening. No and watching it, I was like, oh, it's going to happen. And then nothing. No, because the Rancor got killed. It was a good bit. There's no Rancor in there. Thanks, the Luke. The guy totally confessed, though. <laughs> Hilarious. 
And just bl- the fear of the rancor. Yeah, but he blames he blames the mayor of Tatooine, is what the assassin says. Yes, the mayor of Mos Espa. Ah, there it is. And so this is where we start getting some of the inner workings of why Fett's having so much trouble just coming in and sitting on the seat. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we, there's an assassin. We learn the mayor's involved, but then there's another wrinkle in the mix. Uh, we get more huts. We get twin huts. Twin huts. I, 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 the Jabba's cousins, maybe niece and nephews. There's cousins. Okay, the cousins. So, but they show up on this pallet that uh, there's like twenty humans that are like struggling under the weight because mm-hmm. they're so fat, and one of the huts is dabbing himself with a rabbit, and one has a fin. Uh, but they come and say they have claim to it. Somebody has given them claim to Hut's Palace, and they are the rightful owners. And they need to get out, and they intimidate Fett getting out by showing us a new Wookiee. Kersantan. Black Kersantan from the books, I think. He's from um, he's from the Darth Vader comic books. There you go. And he was in Dr. Aphra. So, so it's literally a comic book character coming to life. And he, he comes around the corner, and I was like, there's another Wookiee. And he's so cool looking. Yeah. He's got, like, spiked shoulder blades and the bandoliers. And, oh. He's I'm, got those, he's got those. Um, shock gloves? Shock. They're like brass knuckles. They're shock that's, knuckles. That's it. Oh. It was an audible Star Wars fan gasp when he showed up. I was like, yes, this yeah. guy is cool. My new favorite. Apparently he used to be a pit fighter and stuff. I believe it. Remember those pit fights we used to we saw? I think in Solo there's a pit fight. Mm-hmm. Right? Or was that just a droid fight? I guess you can have both. Depending on the, the event night you go to. Yeah, Porky and Los Dos. <laughs> Why not have people fight droids, too? Sounds awesome. Why not? Yeah, but the twins try to intimidate Boba Fett, but he, he won't, he's not having it. Nope. He knows his rightful spot. So they're just kind of like, it's like kind of a standoff, and he kind of sends him on his way, and they're like, okay, well, you think about it. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. but It's like, this was our one move, and you turned it down. Okay, we'll turn back around. Yeah. The bulk of this episode is a flashback. Back to the backstory tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where we get to see him with the Tuscans again. And then I was I remember this episode, I was watching it and I'm like going, Oh my god, this is a Western that I've seen before. Absolutely. Multiple it's it's like an amalgam of multiple westerns. We're we're getting into uh dances with wolves territory and a man called horse territory and mm-hmm. just and this thing where I'm like, Oh, they've just they've turned the sand people into like Native Americans, absolutely. And Boba Fett is like you know the white settler guy, the interloper. Even though he's Maori, but still, anyway, <laughs> but you know he's been accepted into the tribe because of a kindness he did to one of the children of the tribe. And now they're putting him through the paces to see if he's worthy to be a true Tuscan raider. Yeah, they're teaching him the moves, yeah. which he can't get because Tuscans are so badass. So I know it's great. I just I love that scene where he's being taught to fight with a gaffy stick, and he's like he slaps him upside the head, <laughs> like no, no, you got it wrong. He's like he like looks at him like, what? You, I, did you seriously just slap Boba Fett across? The, he looks like we thought. We're thinking, did you slap Boba Fett across the face? And he's looking at him like, did you just slap Boba Fett across the face? But the Tuscan Raider says, no, you you didn't. You did it exactly like I did, but you still got it wrong. And yeah. you're like, oh wow, okay, hardcore. Yeah, it was hardcore. Um, and we also get this is where you got to go into the spirit world, man. Right? Oh yeah, they they put a lizard in his brain. Yeah, it's. <laughs> So he can find his gaffy stick to have his own gaffy stick made. Uh, and this also has the awesome, awesome Western train fight in it. 
I think this is now, yes, it's a Western thing, the train job, always a Western trope, mm-hmm. but I think now it's a Star Wars trope because Mandalorian had the convoy sequence mm-hmm. with Bill Burr. Yep, yep. Now we're doing it in Book of Boba Fett. Solo had a train heist. See? I yeah. think it's becoming a thing. So if it is, it makes for such a great action sequence set piece. Uh, I love it. It was cool, like the hover train going through. You know, there's, it started taking out sand people, and Boba Fett's like, like I'm going to stop that thing. And they're like, you can't stop. And he goes, oh, yes, I can. Yeah, these and, are my new people. We're going to stop you. Yeah, and then he heads over to, we think, maybe Tashi Station. Was that Tashi Station? Uh, I don't know if it's ever been confirmed, but it's a place like Tashi Station. Where there's this Nikto biker gang there, <laughs> who he saw like knock off a family once. They just they're really bad. They established they were bad guys. Your general run of the mill thugs. Yeah. yeah, and he goes in there and just lays waste to them because he's Boba Fett. Yeah, uh, and with a little Boba Fett plus some of the training that's from it. the Tuscan Raiders because uh. he uses some of that stuff. So we're now up to level ten Boba Fett if we're doing like a handy <laughs> character yeah. sheet. So he, and he steals all their swoop bikes. All oh, the speeders up there. Yeah, and he brings. <laughs> and we get a whole like montage of him teaching them how to use the swoop bike so they can do the train job. Which now I'm thinking of it now is a good reversal because we just saw Boba Fett, you know, struggling to be a Tuscan, but the Tuscans are sand people, native native to the land, if you want to say that, and they have no use for speeder mm-hmm. bikes and technology like that. And of course, the first scene is like. One of them gets on and goes immediately backwards. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, I love it. I, you know what? It's so it took me like the entire season to realize how dry Timo Morrison is. Oh, like, for sure. He's, he's, he's really funny, like in the parts that are supposed to be funny, but it's all it's very dry and it's done kind of with like a a look. You know, it's it's a different style than we've ever really had before in Star Wars. Absolutely. But I like it. It's kind of it's funny because you can tell he's like he kind of has that whole like i'm getting too old for this yep <laughs> type attitude a lot of times seems like he's serious all the time doesn't have a sense of humor yeah. but then you catch a little like smirk or the yeah. corner of his mouth twitches you're like oh subtle but i get it yeah i'm with you it it, it took me the whole till pretty much till the end to realize <laughs> it but there's a more direct one of later on where he says don't touch my buttons but <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that bit, but yeah. But he literally just says, like, don't touch my buttons. Like, matter of fact, but it's hilarious. It's because now it's, you are familiar with Boba. It's hilarious because of Ming-Na Wen, how she plays off that. Yep. Perfect. Anyway, I thought that train job was awesome. This was an awesome episode for me. This that, that whole train job was so cool. We get that new droid that's the engineer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was rad. No, the, but the tra- oh, I'm with you. The train sequence was an absolute great set piece. We finally get to meet some of the Pikes, which is another wrinkle in the mix. Mm-hmm. It's not only Huts, it's not only the mayor. It's mm-hmm. it's the Pike Syndicate. Yeah, running spice. We we only ever saw them in the animation form before. Now we get to see them in live action form. Good translation, I would say. And it had a nice little funny bit where like <laughs> the sand people like knock open their water car, I guess. <laughs> yep. And they're like, oh, start oh, grunting. Yeah, it's great. And this it, so is Spice a ripoff of Dune? Did Star Wars come up with this independently? Like seventy sci-fi was just like Spice is the new space thing. I guess so. I mean, the Spice Mines of Kessel are mentioned in the original movies, the original three movies, which is around the time of the Dune books. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, it's very well could be that Lucas stole it. 
I I only thought of it because the new Dune movie had come out right around the same time mm. that this episode had come out, and so I was like, oh, they're both doing spice, neat. But which one did it first? I think that Dune the book did it first. Okay. Well, yeah. So you know, I like it. It makes for fancy space drugs. It's just it's nondescript enough, but you're mm. like, oh, spice. It sounds illicit. I'm pretty sure that's what death sticks are made out of, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. You can't I tell me it. otherwise. <laughs> death stick? No. <laughs> So that was a great episode. I thought that one was great. Then we go on to chapter three, the first of two, directed by Robert Rodriguez. There you go. The Streets of Mos Espa. This is where we get to see Stephen Root for yeah. the first time. Yes. And he's complaining that some kid stole his stapler. No. <laughs> <laughs> These street punks, they stole my stapler and also my water. Yeah. But also, have you seen my stapler? <laughs> uh, he's a watermonger. So I guess he just trades in water because that's the commodity on Tatooine. I guess this is an internet complaint, but we're still on a desert planet, just like all of Mando. This, we're still in the Western mm-hmm. desert, which, I mean, mm-hmm. we're doing Western movie here. Quit complaining. But this we is fi- the perfect setting for but it. But we find out, and I think it was said before in books or something, but then now it's really in canon that Tatooine used to be covered with oceans. Boba Fett hints at that when he's hanging out with the Tuscans. Yeah, the Tuscans like, say it. They said it. it was covered with oceans, and then the, that explains how they get wood. The wood's probably buried under the sand. It's probably like wood from... Back before. There you go. Ancient yeah. wood, which yeah. makes for awesome gaffy sticks. Yeah. Oh, that was such a cool scene. He made his own. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it is Stephen Root, and these, these punk kids are stealing my water, because obviously, desert planet, water is a commodity. Mm-hmm. So Fett's like, all right, let me check it out. And this is where we get to meet the mods. <laughs> the cyborg street punk city rats? Mm-hmm. So, very controversial. Third episode in. Internet went crazy. Yes. About the mods. Mm-hmm. Some very dumb comments like, <laughs> what, are we doing cyborgs in Star Wars now? Why are there cybernetics in Star Wars? This isn't cyberpunk, which makes me go, did you not watch the original movies? Do you know what Darth Vader is? Do you know what Darth Vader is? He's more machine than man now. Yeah. the first ever movie. Are you st- are you dumb? No, this is cyberpunk. This is something different. It's like, nope, nope. all one and the same. No, nope. no, nope. he's a cyborg. He's been a cyborg. We always was a cyborg. These guys are doing it super low level. They're just replacing eyes and arms and stuff. And it's awesome. And they have speeder bikes. So, which were also very controversial. How uh, well speeder Vespas? Oh, speeder Vespas. Uh, my only real funny nitpick was it's like, oh, it's Power Ranger colors, like. That was it. But they look cool. I mean, this is... I know we're in a desert planet, and things are supposed to be drab and beige, just like a Mexican Western or something, but this is not out of the realm for Star Wars. This is... No, it's... The, the, I think the whole point was this is this is one of the smartest things that they've done. It is so smart to me, because I get bumped by stuff all the time. Yep. And I wanted to get bumped by it, but then I thought, wait a minute, these are a bunch of punk street kids mm-hmm. that have taken... They can't buy new swoops. The new swoop bikes are the ones that that swoop bike gang had that he stole. That's you know, absolutely. Those are the cool models and stuff. I'm like, they've gotten something from the prequel era. Yeah. From like 30 years, years and years ago. And these look like prequel era swoops. You know, they're definitely chrome and colorful. They look like a Naboo fighter. Oh, absolutely. You know, they look like they maybe they are that kind of model. Who knows? Naboo model Vespa speeder bikey things. And if they're cyborgs and good with techniques, like they can fix up those probably super easy thing. and soup them up. Yeah. And we're talking about the guy, like at least the original homage, 
George Lucas did American yep. Graffiti, yep. and that was all about those fifties yep. style cars. So it's a very it's a total homage to that. When you got when you think of cool hot rods from like the fifties and sixties, those cars are from like the thirties and forties, and you know oh, absolutely that they've souped up and shined up with the chrome and painted them with flames and crazy colors and stuff. You know <laughs> those used to just be chrome and black in the thirties. Yep. But and then look at what they turned them into. They're basically the same thing these kids have done. Hooray, city rat punks. I'm all for it. Like It's like space. It's Star Wars Warriors. It's great. Yeah, I like them too, Mikey. So uh, Boba Fett kind of like turns on the watermonger and is like, hey, you guys want a job? That's it. He's the new crime boss. He's got to get people on his side. So mm-hmm. why not recruit the kids that are sort of running the underground? They are. They're kind of they're kind of running things in a lot of ways. At least they can find the water and get supplies as needed. Mm-hmm. And so, and we find out later that he kind of already has a relationship with at least the guy who does a lot of work on them. Yes. Uh, so you know, because he's the one who fixed Fennec Shand up. We find out in a later episode. Yes. So maybe maybe there's already kind of a unspoken like. This guy's cool because he knows Dreadlock. Uh, well, if, if we're talking about that character specifically, yeah. I have to do give, give a shout out. That's a bass player named Thundercat. Yeah. And that only that's a niche name. But Thundercat's big in rap circles, right? Mm-hmm. And he's a great bass player. He's on everybody's tracks. If you go look at the credits, you'll see his name a whole bunch. But the funny part is he's a huge nerd, like loves anime, loves Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's there because of that. Like he probably wrote... Uh, John Favreau, a letter, who's like, man, I love your work. If I can be any part in Star Wars, put me wherever you want. probably met John Favreau at one of those dinner parties, man. I'm telling you. I wouldn't put it past it, but they gave him this awesome part, and he shows up for a couple scenes, but he kills it. He looks like a cyberpunk, and Mm -hmm. he's the one responsible. He's part of the gang, and he fixes up Fennec Shan. I'm all for it, man. I I love cyberpunk and that kind of stuff. So if you're going to put more of that in Star Wars, like overtly, because that was the thing. It's overtly this time. Yes, it's been there. Cyborgs have. I mean, there was even the guy on Cloud City. He's a he's got a like a computer in the back of his head. That's it. And they're not just throwing it out there. This is there's they're giving us these scenes to show us how the sausage is made. Yeah. Like this is how this works. So he hires these kids and heads back to the back. What do you call it? The back backstory tank. Backstory tank. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. That's what I'm calling it. I know it's back to tank, but it's now backstory tank. <laughs> I enjoy that. So, but like, I know he got hurt in the first episode, but the back to tank is because he's like recovering from Sarlacc damage, yep. right? Okay. 100%. Oh, percent. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's, it's 100%. They thought of everything, I think, and there's a lot of the things people ta- yelled at on the internet. I'm like, are you watching the show? Because <laughs> they're like, the Sarlacc pit digests you, and how can you survive that? Well, you can barely survive that. There you go. I mean, part of it was probably the crazy, like, shamanistic medicine that was done to him by the uh, sand people. There you go. You know? See, I'm just putting that in my head, Cannon. But then the rest of it was these back-to-tank treatments. But to give a shout-out to Not Scott, this is a perfect example of show, don't tell. Like, they're just showing us this is how it works without explicitly saying, mm-hmm. he goes to the back-to-tank because his sarlacc wounds are hurting him. Yes, exactly. But we get more Tusken Raider stuff. Yeah, and tragic Tusken Raider stuff. Yeah. After the whole Pike Syndicate train scene, Boba Fett's like, hey, you don't mess with my people. So he goes and confronts them directly, talks to the Pike Syndicate, their button heads as all good crime lords do, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then returns to his tribe to find them slaughtered. Yeah. All of them. Like, 
I thought losing them in the train sequence. The women and the children. All, all, all of, of them. them. <laughs> There's a bunch of sand, so I guess everybody's grumpy. Animals. Oh. But we see the symbol. It looks like it's from the that the thug gang from yeah. Tashi Station we were it's talking about. But now I like it. It is tragic, but I do like this because this I think is one of the key elements in Boba Fett's transition from regular old bounty hunter do anything for the money to I'm going to do this out of justice and a sense of duty and protecting people because that was a thing that uh, overall about the show people were like why is Boba Fett being like old man wise old man sort of doing things differently i think this is one of the things they're showing us to be like they slaughtered innocent people Damn. that he considered his tribe because mm-hmm. he was part of their tribe and mm-hmm. now he now he seeks vengeance in the most efficient way possible yeah and that that's it seems like that was right before cuz he was dressed in the stuff that he showed up in the mandalorian yes so that was like that seems like right before he shows up in the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, because he gets the it, like the Tuscans gave him robes and everything, yep. like yep. gave him his not his new armor, but his new underclothes his or whatever. Yeah, and that's now part of his identity. Mm-hmm. So Ugh. then he's just like, I'm gonna get revenge on these guys. So then he starts questing for better equipment. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's where he eventually was like, Hey, man. That's my armor, and I'm getting it back. But anyway, <laughs> you go watch The Mandalorian if you want to see what happens there. But he doesn't get; he gets interrupted. It's a it's a short lived flashback to Tank, uh, and we get a literal smash cut. Yeah, literal smash cut. He gets pulled violently out of his back to Tank by Black Christanton, and it, man, and that that's a it's a great. It's, it was so dark in there when they're all fighting and stuff. Yep, it was like a Batman movie. That's it, <laughs> or like uh, like scenes on the Death Star when it was just lit by lightsabers, you yeah. know, and you're you're in the when they're in the the whole carbonite chamber and the whole freezing chamber with Han Solo. Oh, it's yeah, like yeah. it's that type of lighting and mood setting. Mm-hmm. But this is where we get to see the electric brass knuckles. Uh, Boba Fett throws his uh, gaffy stick into the back of uh, Santo, which is the nickname they give him later, which I love because Chewbacca is Chewie, Kersantan is Santo. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. But uh, Santo doesn't go down. Santo is no. a beast and one of my new favorite Wookiees. Yeah, I know. The the mods show up and they, man, they show that they're not afraid to fight. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a battle. And uh, Shand and Fett, of course, are victorious. They're the heroes of our story. And they capture Santo. And this causes the, the Hut twins to come back. And apologize or say, well, no, it's a little bit trickier than that. They mm-hmm. they do say they're backing off, but it's because there's too much mob stuff going on. Yeah. There's too many crime lords, mm-hmm. and we don't. This is not beneficial for us, so we are backing off, basically. But it, as an apology for trying to kill, we're sorry we tried to kill you. So here's Danny Trejo, Machete. <laughs> but not only Machete, Machete is the animal trainer for a brand new Rancor. Yes, a juvenile Rancor, but a Rancor nonetheless. Oh, that whole scene with the Rancor, I think they, they develop it in the next episode as well. But like the whole, like Danny Trejo is the perfect, like, I've raised him. He's had blinders on. I know everything about Rancors. It's like, here, here's how it goes. It's like, I believe you, Danny Trejo. Thank you. And if Robert Rodriguez is directing it, Come on. Got to put your friends in it. You got to put your friends in it. I thought they were going to hire, I thought uh, Fett was going to hire Santo in this one, the Wookiee, but that doesn't happen until later. He gets sent off and we we get the Rancor instead. I thought they were going to put it in this moment, but that, yeah. that's my only nitpick. <laughs> it makes for a surprise later, but 
not at the moment. And at the end of this, they um the the we get our little speeder chase, right? This is where they go and try and confront the mayor, but the mayor's not there. Yep. They just get his major domo, who's like, "I'll go get him." Yeah. You uh, know? let me just speed around these corners <laughs> yeah, real quick. Yeah, and then he like then he runs away. It's so, uh, and then they have a little speeder chase. Which is fun. It's a good action sequence. Mm. My nitpick, though, is I couldn't help but view this in like a D&D campaign sense. And the athletic checks and the like movement checks you would have to do to get those speeders up on the roof and jumping around. Those would be like high DC checks. Mm. Like, I believe it. And these kids are punks. I love it. But man, there's they took a little bit of liberty with some of those moves. Yeah. Well, I think I got one or two of them wipe out. Oh, that's true. So, but I didn't know they could go on roofs and then like jump off like hover bikes. It's yeah, cool, but I, yeah, don't caught think, me by surprise. Yeah, well, you know, that's the mods. They're great. <laughs> All true. They did mod them up. So there, yeah. I said it earlier and that, that explains it. Mm hmm. So, Robert Rodriguez, you did a great episode, even though you took a lot of heat on the internet for this episode for some reason. But whatever. Eh. I like people like, oh, what is this now, Spy Kids? <laughs> so like, what's wrong with Spy Kids? No. What's wrong with Spy Kids? Nothing. My kids used to watch Spy Kids when they were little. It was enjoyable. Those movies were fun. That's it. I mean, we've had a train sequence. Now we get a bike chase. Mm. It's, 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 it's tropey action set pieces, I guess, but they're doing a great job with them. Mm. The next episode, oh, this one's great because this is where we get to see in the flashback to Tank, we get to see um, Boba, <laughs> Boba Fett um, get his ship back from oh, Jabba's palace. Yes. And this is where we see him uh, get Fennec. We, actually, it's kind of cool because we see him there and he's in his black garb with his gaffy stick and his old gun, his Tusken Raider gun. Mm-hmm. And in the distance, we see like the, the, the like, we see the Mandalorian fighting Fennec, but it's way off in the distance. Yeah, we see like the uh, the jetpack. It's from the, the Mandalorian. Sa- that's it. The same scene from a different yeah, perspective. That's yeah. that's that's fun times. It's fun times because in just he's like, I know exactly what that is over there. He might have thought it was his armor, actually, if you think about it. Oh, that's true. Because he, yeah, he's familiar with those those moves and yeah. the facilities of it. Mm-hmm. But he didn't find his armor. He found Fennec Shand. He did. And Almost his, better in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I don't know. Ship Shand, I think Shand is cooler than his ship, but yeah. that's an even trade-off. But this is where we saw, like we mentioned earlier, Thundercat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fett drops Shand off there, and she gets her little cyber stomach. <laughs> yeah, I can't help you right now. Here's a bunch of money. Never <laughs> it, mind. Everyone else, you're going to have to wait. And the and the stomach thing is so cool looking, but I can't imagine. Uh, having a robot stomach would creep me out. Yeah, really? I mean, can you eat with a robot stomach? Uh, turn it into biofuel, I no, guess. Yeah, she didn't always see her eat. So, Oh, there you go. But then you have waste. Uh, comes out your exhaust port. <laughs> don't let an X-Wing near it. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but use your imagination, everybody. That's what Luke does with his X-Wing. He, does, he drops the thing in the exhaust port. That's where the Death Star dies. Anyway. <laughs> you didn't have to explain the joke. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But yeah, they they sneak into Jabba's uh, palace. I'm gonna. I know it's Bib Fortuna. Just allows being funny because yep. it's always Jabba's palace. When you bought the playset, it was Jabba's palace. The Huts came back to try and reclaim it for the Huts. It's Huts Palace. It's Jabba's palace. Anyway, we get to meet the chef droid and the uh, and the rat the ratter droid. <laughs> the rat catcher droid. Yeah, yeah. they think it's they they hear them and they think it's rats again. So they send the rat catcher droid out, who gives them way more problems than it should. Absolutely, which is. Hilarious, but it's it's Fett and, and Shand working together, being mm. a badass duo. Yeah, and they they get the ship as great. 
It was a great heist for the fire spray. And then we get to see what he does with it. Uh, we get vengeance scenes. Vengeance scenes. He takes vengeance on the Nikto gang, which the- actually that he thinks killed his... Yeah, we find that out later with more crime lord yeah. syndicate wrinkles. But yeah, he gets vengeance for his Tuscan tribe by mm-hmm. killing the, the thug speed bike gang. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the Sarlacc pit to see if his armor's in there. Yeah. Because he doesn't realize that, you know, his armor got stolen from him by the Jawas. That's it. Which he should have. I mean, if you, equipment out on sand. Uh, I, I, I chalk that up to Sarlacc days. Yeah. But anyway, he's he's there in the like swimming around it. It was just it was the strangest thing. But then it starts to try to eat the the slave one. That's it. So they uh, have to get out of there and and they use a pulse grenade. That's called the sonic mine, I believe. Oh, we saw that once in Mando. They're bringing it back. So so it's from the uh, um, prequels. Yes. The sonic mine. That's not true. It doesn't make sound in space. Yeah, but it was the coolest thing in that. And I remember in the theater when, like, there's all the music going and all the sounds, and then it just goes dead quiet. And then, uh, yeah, that's such an iconic scene. It was great. Anyway, it was great to see them bring that back. And glad to see that the slave one still has those equipped. As standard equipment. Standard equipment for the fire spray. <laughs> Sonic Mines. And then we get a little bit of in the current time scenes where uh, Boba Fett does end up talking to Santo to try and get him on his side because of a battle that happens. And Fett's trying to do more crime lord stuff, trying to recruit the other families in town. And it's kind of wishy-washy because everybody is super hesitant about this Pike Syndicate. Mm-hmm. This is the what I was talking about earlier: the Danny Trejo rancor, like training, bonding. That's such it's such good lore. It's kind of unnecessary, but it's wholly necessary for later in the series. It's true. Yeah, this also has that like whole um, Godfather scene. Yes. Or they're at the table, and he's like, I just want you all to remain neutral <laughs> in what's going to happen here. If you're not going to join me, don't be against me. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. I'll leave you. You leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. <laughs> Sorry. I know he doesn't talk like that, but I, was, I could just hear the Godfather theme in the background <laughs> during that scene. Absolutely. And then... Suddenly, we get an episode of The Mandalorian. We get two episodes of The Mandalorian (laughs) in a row, but this is the first of them for sure. Well, this one is definitely an episode of The Mandalorian. The other one's kind of, well, yeah, it's pretty much an episode of The Mandalorian. (laughs) Which leads to my favorite joke is that Book of Boba Fett is technically Mandalorian season Mm 2.5. Now, chapter five, The Return of The Mandalorian, Bryce Dallas Howard, you are killing it. Absolutely. Killing it with the Star Wars stuff. Give her a movie or something, (laughs) or just keep giving her shows. I don't care. But this episode was great, top to bottom. We get to see the Mando back the whole time. We get to see him using the dark saber against a bunch of dog creature based yeah. alien, pug aliens, pug, pug aliens, it puglians. Works for me. Yeah, puglians. There you go. <laughs> yeah, hanging out in the cooler. You know, the usual mafia hideout in the yeah. back of a restaurant kitchen somewhere. And but he just tears them all apart. Mm-hmm. Gets one of their heads. The guy who's the bounty. He's like, I, I have your boss's head. You can either let me go or you can go after the money. That's so great. Mm-hmm. That's like, choose money or taking me down. They're like, uh, you just killed our boss. See you later. We're going mm-hmm. to go get money. And then he takes the head to a ring world. A ring world. It's a halo. It is. It's Elysium, if you're a fan of that movie. But How cool is that to see that in Star Wars? 
that's but it is it, and you said Halo, which is the video game that yeah. does that. But that's also speaking of Dune, speaking of original Star Wars, this goes back to like Arthur C. Clarke. Oh, yeah, ring worlds are old sci fi. That's the original idea for having like a space planet was to put it on a ring. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great that they're bringing that idea, keeping that idea going. And not only does he get the money for his, that's where his bounty is, but also on that ring world is the Mandalorians that were. Yeah, they've been dispersed. Yeah, the, they um, are gathering there on said ring world. So we get to see um, the armorer and which Vizsla is he? Is he not Tar Vizsla because that's the creator? Yeah, there's so many Vizslas. A Vizsla, which v- Paz Vizsla. Yes. Not Pre Vizsla, not Tar Vizsla. Not it's Paz Vizla. There's <laughs> lots of Vizlas. The Vizla clan. So still alive and going strong. Right. And um once again using John Favreau's voice. Oh, John Favreau does a great job. I'm so happy to see the armor back because out of the Mandalorians that we've seen so far, she's one of the coolest because she knows mm-hmm. the code. She has that commanding voice. Uh she's the one that starts training them. Mm-hmm. What is up with the Darksaber? Because like they make mention of your you fight. S- you didn't see the animated series, did I, you? I did not. Well, oh well, no, gotta... no, I get like the whole like ruler of Mandalore. I get the whole like mm-hmm. history about it. But now this I think for me is the first time we're getting instances of like you're fighting the blade and the blade is super heavy. Yeah. Is it force? Like why is it why is it such a complicated weapon? It's a lightsaber. Okay. It was created by a Jedi slash Mandalorian. There you go. Okay. Who was a, a Vizsla. He was, uh, I don't know if he was the only, because I'm never going to say the only because I keep adding stuff, but <laughs> the only we know of of a Mandalorian Jedi, someone from Mandalore who was also a Jedi. And that's Tar Vizsla, the creator of the yeah. blade. Mm-hmm. And that's why Paz Vizsla is like, that's my family's blade. I challenge you to a duel. Yeah, I know the whole, like, you have to win it in combat because they talked about that in the cartoons. I just mm-hmm. never knew, like, that. It's interesting to see the actual, like, mechanics of using it, and it's not just something that Mando gets, and he's like, oh, I know this now. Yeah. That, that was pretty rad. There is some training that is seen in Rebels. Okay. Where um, Sabine, right? Satine, Sabine. All these, the, <laughs> the names are too similar. Paz, Pre, Pre anyway. Sabine is being trained with it by Canon Jarrus. And I don't remember. I could swear. I'd have to go back and look. I should have gone back and looked. Sorry, everybody. But I could swear he talks about fighting the blade to her in that. Then that'll um, be my homework to go get that lore as well. But I'm not 100% sure. But but I think that part of it is is it's a lightsaber. Yes. And, even, and it seems like if you're not super force sensitive, you have a hard time with them. Because we get to see, we don't see very many people using a lightsaber. That's true. Who aren't supposed to have the force. We get to see Finn do it in the sequels. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he does kind of like wield it like a baseball bat. So true. that could be it. So I don't know. That's uh, something to be explored, I think. That means I have to go back and check out the cartoon. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, we do get the cool standoff between Paz Vizsla, who's holding up for his family name. And he says, that sword belongs to me. Mm-hmm. So they have a great fight on a walkway that doesn't have any <laughs> any guardrails, as per Star Wars. As per Star Wars, and they also both take off their jetpacks, being like, no cheating, if you yeah. fall off, you fall off. That's yeah. great duel. Yeah, and of course, uh, the Mando wins, so he gets to keep it. But um, he gets banished at the same time. Yeah, because he, he, he admitted to taking off his helmet. 
which can never be done according to the armorer. You have broke. This is not the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not the way. But before any of that happened, though, he gave that crazy best car spear that he got to the armorer. That's right. To make armor for Grogu. A mithril shirt. I mean, a, a yeah. Beskar shirt. I mean, a mithril shirt. It's totally a little mithril shirt. <laughs> but that was so sweet. I mean, that means we know Grogu's coming back if he's making a tiny little shirt. Because we don't know it's specifically for Grogu, but when she hands him the finished product, it's tied up in that little cloth that looks like Grogu's head with his mm-hmm. ears. And you're like, oh, nice foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. And then we see the whole scene where he's 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 asked that his ship got blown up, so he's taking public transportation. <laughs> all the whole credits and, like, store all your weapons. Uh, yeah. yeah, and he's like, it's part of my religion. And then, the, and then he's like, <laughs> he looks... It reminds me of that. I don't know if this is way out there, but there's a scene in one of the police academy movies <laughs> where that one guy has to take all his weapons out and it takes forever. Like Hightower, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like some in his ankles, some in his, uh, yeah, in all the every, pockets. Everywhere. Yes. That's what it reminded me of. But it's the the fancy space version of it. And yeah. then he takes his little ticket. He's like, fine. <laughs> Yeah, I I was reading somewhere saying that Pedro Pascal is mastering helmet acting. It's kind of like what you were saying with Boba Fett being real dry and having little subtle things that make you know what the character's doing. I would agree with Pedro Pascal because, like, it's a helmet tilt. It's like a... Shoulders slump. Yeah, that's it. It's amazing, actually. It's really amazing. Especially when we're coming from old Hollywood, like our Judge Dredd episode. Like, they used to have to take the helmet off so you could Mm -hmm. see this person act. Now we're not doing that, and that's awesome. And then we get the awesome. He goes goes to Tatooine because an old friend told him... I got a ship for you. Amy Sedaris coming Amy back. Amy Sedaris as Pelly. Oh, my gosh. This was like some of the best stuff ever. Absolutely. I loved every single minute of it. Mm-hmm. It was so great. Just the whole like Jawa. She's like speaking Jawa and stuff. I think we watched this episode together. I think so. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And they're like the whole time they're putting the ship together. She's yeah. like yelling at her droids and like Mando, oh like yelling at Mando. She's like, just trust me. It'll work. And he's like, what is this? It's what a Naboo we... Starfighter. It's and an old Naboo Starfighter oh. that they're going to, that they souped up. All chromed out. Yeah. Wizard. But, oh, <laughs> I'm yes, wizard. What a cool slang to introduce. That's from the prequels. It's like mm-hmm. a one-off line, mm-hmm. but they're making it a thing by repeating yeah. it. Both thumbs up for that, mm-hmm. and thumbs up for making the Starfighter kind of look like the old Naboo ones, even though it's now Mando's. They're still making homage to the old ones. Mm-hmm. But there's no bathroom. There's no storage now. Oh yeah, I know. Like, right. I get. We get the cool scene where he does. They bring back pod racing too. Speaking of the prequels, this is an homage to all the prequels in this episode. Oh yeah, he almost goes down the pod racing like track. That's what it seems like. Yeah, um, and he's doing all the moves. He goes and, through Baker's Canyon. Yeah, exactly. Goes, and there's a womp rat. And he, <laughs> it is a womp rat. It was. And he goes sideways just like all the pod racers did. Yeah, this was very fan servicey. Oh. And that we'll fight the internet. This <laughs> podcast will fight this. And our assumed position is that. We like fan service because we're fans, so service us, please. I like being serviced, Mikey. Absolutely, <laughs> and it's doing it in such a like a clever way. Yeah. Like it's tied in narratively. It's not like they're just winking at you, going, "Hey, remember this thing?" It's like, "Oh, this reminds me of." Oh, this reminds me of the blah 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 blah, and mm. then you get excited. That's the way they're doing it, and yeah. they're sprinkling it in. Wonderful. But some people don't like fan service, and I don't know why. Eh. But then you get new things like, you know, for fan service, you know, that little pod in the back of the Starfighter is meant for a droid. But you're like, 
oh, that's a perfect spot for a baby Grogu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Uh, so that was that was a great episode. It was fun, top to bottom, but it was not an episode of Book of Boba Fett. I get that. Yes. It was an episode of The Mandalorian. But shows are intertwined now. It's kind of interesting because to me it's kind of like what they do. I mean, I could swear that there's other shows like series that are very popular that have whole episodes that are not about the main character. I could swear there's a Breaking Bad episode that never has Walter White in it. I could swear there's one of those. And there's the whole trope of the bottle episode where you take like a section of the cast and it's sort of focused yeah. on them and you give you do highlight other things. Mm-hmm. But this is it, it's it's super crossovery. Yeah. But it's all in the same world, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you. Yeah, a lot of people have problems with that. The only quote unquote Boba Fett character that showed up was Fennec Shand at the end. But I'm not even call, how is that a Boba Fett character? Because they were both in Mandalorian. There you go. So what? I don't know. Crazy to me. For as, for as Mando season two point five as it is, uh, here's my speculation, and this is why I'm hyped for it, and why I'm glad they did so much Mando stuff in this series is I think they have so much they want to say for Mando 3, mm-hmm. so much like so much story they want to get out of the way that they're putting as much as they can in here mm-hmm. to give us way more in Mando 3 and just keep it going mm-hmm. and go way further. Mm-hmm. All right, this next episode is another kind of Mando. It has a very, it, it's this is setting up for the finale really nicely in a lot of ways, but also half of it is setting up for the next Mandalorian season. Exactly. And this was directed by Dave Filoni and is the only one that was not just John Favreau writing it. It's a co-written by Filoni and Favreau. Oh, All the rest go. of them are just Favreau. And this episode I watched with my kids who grew up watching Clone Wars. This like They're super... My kids are the generation. They're in high school now. They're the generation that devoured the Star Wars animated stuff. Gotcha. Clone Wars, Rebels, all that stuff. But especially Clone Wars. I think they watched it twice. Oh, wow. Okay. So they're super fans. This episode made them fall out of their chairs. I mean, almost literally. I mean, (laughs) one of my boys, his, like, chin was visibly dropped. Awesome. Like, his mouth was wide open. When we get to see Cobb Vanth back in his little free town place. Yep. And who shows up? From the Desert Comes a Stranger is what the episode is called. With his western hat and his cloak billowing in the desert sand wind, hazy on the horizon, who is it? None other than Cad Bane. Looking amazing. Looking amazing. Internet, you can shut up. (laughs) Oh, he looked different than the animation. Hey, have you ever looked at the animation and seen what Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi look like? It's animated. They don't look like they're supposed to look at all. Not at all. I've even seen the funny things from that cartoon. That 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 Clone Wars cartoon cartoon, the animated one that wasn't computer. Yeah, those was like animated. Samurai Jack looking ones. Yeah, where they where they take their faces and they make it like if they were really them and how weird it's looking it is. Christopher Lee is all like squared yeah. out and elongated. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly. But this is that kind of thing. The race that Cad Bane is looks like that. In the live, that his race has been seen before. Yeah, and like the bar scenes yeah. from the yeah, it's it's, it's been used before mm-hmm. all over the place. I think that I could swear that there's a character in Battlefront that is Maybe. the same race. Anyway, I don't know, but anyway, he looks like what that race looks like. The animated version actually doesn't look what, like what that race looks like. It was it's a cartooned version of it, just like everyone's a cartoon version. 
of yeah, it. I get it. To me, worrying, I know I'm going off on this, but it, <laughs> it bothered me so much. Because going off on the way Cad Bane looks, it would be like going off on the way Timur Morrison looks. I get it. And being like, he doesn't look at all like the clone troopers from the Clone Wars. And it's like, well, no, they're supposed to look like him. It's unnecessary nitpicking. It was so, so, so dumb. Because that character is great. You believe him immediately as a bounty hunter. And they use the voice actor for it. Corey Burton. Yeah. Um, is the voice actor from the cartoon. And if you want a deep dive on a voice actor, go back to Corey Burton. Because he's been in the game since I learned this uh, well, after this episode. He was the voice of the ship from Flight of the Navigator. So dude's been in the voice animated game, voice acting game for incredibly long. But he's menacing. He's the perfect amount of suave. It's not exactly Clint Eastwood. You believe every threat he makes through his awesome-looking spiky teeth. Mm-hmm. It's great. Now, that happens later on. The the beginning of the episode, we got, I mean, Cobb Vanth is back. Tim Lee Oliphant. Come on, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. Great. And he sees that it's kind of, man, this is like a, because uh, he's like the the sheriff. He's the marshal. Not sheriff. He's the marshal of the town. And it is so like, you know, he comes across the pikes and the spice and mm-hmm. is like, you know, beat it. You know, it's just so so Western and great. That's it. You know, ah, I love every minute of it. But then concurrent. So it's kind of the story of the Marshall and Cad Bane over here on one side. And then the other side is Mandalorian 2.5, like you said. Yes. And this is where we get all kinds of crazy stuff going Ooh. on. We got like Ahsoka's back. Grogu's back. Grogu's back. And Luke Skywalker's back. Luke Skywalker is back looking way better than he did so in Mando. So much better. Shout out to Shamu's, the YouTuber that did the deep fake that Lucasfilm said, okay, you get a job now. So an interesting thing is, uh, I think it was Shamu who said it, or someone else. Did Shamu do the, um, did he also do the Tom Cruise stuff? Was that him too, or is that someone else? I think that's someone else. Okay, I, well, he did the Tarkin stuff, and he did the right. redo of the... Right, so either way, I was the, whoever did that, that awesome Tom Cruise one, mm-hmm. he said that one of the keys is to find an actor whose face looks very similar to what you're cloning it to. Then maybe you did the Tom Cruise thing. Yeah, yeah that makes so, sense. That's good Good thinking. So I don't think it, but I think you're right. I don't think that was him. I think that was, anyway, I, I saw that Mark, it says Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker, and it says Graham Hamilton was the onset performance for the character. Ah, there you go. Do you know who Graham Hamilton is? I don't. I want you right now, Mikey, live to Google Graham Hamilton. G R H A M. Yep, Graham Hamilton. I want you to see what he looks like, and I want you to. Does he look like Sebastian Stan? Graham Hamilton definitely looks like Luke Skywalker. Yep, as he should at that age. That's it, cra- it looks like he's like Hamill's son, yes. but it's Hamilton, not Hamilton. I know, but see, he that, already looks like him. That, that's very and, true. And from that that great whoever did the uh, Tom Cruise one, they said that's the key. Gotcha. The key to it is finding someone whose face is very close um, to it. And I, I don't know back in The Mandalorian if they just used Mark Hamill and tried to youngify it or what they did. But this time they did it this way. As far as I recall, it was just a stand-in and they, like, like not motion capture, but it was a stand-in. Okay. And then they placed. Well, edited. they did a terrible job because <laughs> I hated it. We said that when we were going through Mando review, absolutely. And then I guess this Shamu fella put on YouTube, I f- there I fixed it, and he did fix it. It looked a lot better. 
wasn't perfect, but it looked a lot better. Yep. But this, dude, this was great. I thought it looked great. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if you really wanted to stare at it, it looked fine to me. I mean, it was it was serviceable for sure. I had no problems with it. Especially when he's hanging out in a land that kind of looks like Dagobah, and he's doing those cool backflips with Grogu on his back that's calling back. This is more fan service again, but mm-hmm. such fun fan service. Like, you get the force lift, and like you're saying, Ahsoka's there. Mm-hmm. Not only is the technology improved, but the way they integrated it into the story and gave us a little bit more of this character was narratively awesome. Yeah, so Mando went to whatever planet that is where the training was happening. And ran into Ahsoka and is like, hey, I have this armor for him that I made. Yep. And I can only see him from a distance. But Luke's now a master now. He's like, sit on this bench and wait for me. And then yeah. never talks to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Ahsoka talks to him. Yes. I, that was a whole lot of fun to see. But again, I at this point, though, because this was the second episode, I, I kind of was like, where's Boba Fett now? Yeah, where, where are we going? So, I mean, I liked all of it. It worked fine. But I was like... Where's Boba Fett? I think we saw him for like a little bit. We just see, we only see him in the Cobb Banth like Freetown yeah. stuff, but that, yeah. that's it. We don't see. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like interacting with the Mandalorian a tiny little bit. And then we're off to Cobb Banth shootout yep. with Cad Bane and uh, Grogu action. Grogu picking out, uh, this is old Japanese tradition, like hearkening back to samurai days. You put a kid in front of like money, sword, uh, family stuff, like mm-hmm. put them in front of items and see what they crawl to. That's like old, old story stuff. And they did this with Grogu. Be like, mm-hmm. you can have this really cool Yoda lightsaber, which why would you not pick that? Or you can have this 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 uh, Beskar shirt. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, he chooses the Beskar shirt. Yeah, he does. And we get to that next episode, which we should just jump to because that's the final episode and we get to have Boba Fett again. That's um, it. I seem like I'm complaining, but I'm not. I like those two episodes. I just... I don't know. I don't know if you could have structured it differently to give you all of it. Yep. But I don't know. Like I said, I think they're fitting it in here because they have so much more story to tell yeah. for when we get back to Mando in full. There's also the Ahsoka show coming out, too. That's it. So, so we're, we're it, instead of doing a time jump where they do exposition or the scrolling text, we actually get to see some scenes like mm-hmm. Ahsoka, Ahsoka telling Luke, like, I'm a friend of your father's is such a like a throwaway line. But you're like. There's so much history there. It's crazy. I liked it. I liked it all. There was nothing wrong with it. Yep. It was just, I get what they're saying about like, where'd Boba Fett go? Yeah. Because you were kind of like, where'd Boba Fett go? Especially for two episodes right in yeah. a row for the most part. So anyway, R2-D2 flies Grogu back to Tatooine, which was kind of funny. Further supporting the idea that R2-D2 is the reason anything happens yeah. in Star Wars. He gives Grogu a ride. Yeah, it was funny. Did you fly this thing? <laughs> no, I know the droid fluid. I mean, Amy Sedaris in this episode, yes, is just as good as the other episode because she's so happy yeah. to see her green baby bag. Yeah. She's like, "Hey, little guy, <laughs> Grogu." <laughs> oh, that's right. She does find out his yeah. name just like the rest of us did. And then she says, "I'm sorry." They like make fun <laughs> of the name that they gave him. That's a, that's doing the reactions that the fan had. Hmm. Uh, but this is speaking of westerns. This is this episode is essentially the final showdown. Like mm-hmm. Boba had gone to see Cobb Vanth to try and recruit people to his side because he knew the Pike Syndicate was coming after him. Because now, like now, it's a battle for who is going to be the actual crime lord, the Daimo, or however you say that word. Cad Bane shows up again, being like, "Hey, the Pike sent me here. I'm going to threaten you. I'm going to let you know that the Tuscan people that you loved actually killed by the Pike." 
Mm-hmm. Look at my scary teeth and my cool face. Mm-hmm. Remember, we had a history. I'm the one that put the blasted dent in your in your helmet. Maybe he doesn't have a New York accent, but you know, he's the threatening mob boss mm-hmm. bug. Yeah. Oh, and we blew up your uh, bar. I forgot that happens in the end of. That's right. I think it was the Gathering Storm a few episodes back. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, they, they're they're making they blew the up, They blew up Jennifer Beals. Oh, how dare they! <laughs> But with the, the showdown with Cad Bane, we, Boba Fett is standing strong. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. Whether people come, whether people don't, I've tried to talk to the other crime lords to not just remain neutral. We're going we're gonna to see this out, and mm-hmm. I'm happy to see this out because mm-hmm. I'm Boba Fett and nobody messes with me. But then the crime, crime lords don't remain neutral, and everyone gets jumped. Everybody gets jumped yep. from all over the place, and then everything just goes crazy, and they decide to make a final Alamo Another Western thing, an Alamo stand at the sanctuary. That's it. This is almost like a Warhammer setup or a D&D setup, a campaign setup again. Like, you got uh, Mando comes back to help out Boba. You got the street gang is there with their little quadrant. You got supposedly the the townspeople that are on on Boba's side turning against him. They're going Mm -hmm. for the pikes. The pikes are coming, but the pikes also brought the big war droids. Yeah. Santo's there, but he's now on Boba's side instead of being on the hut side. There's so many. They try to take Santo down, and they can't do it. No, no way. <laughs> Even with his, there's some quote-unquote continuity stuff. They're like, how come he can walk now? He couldn't, he was limping before, and it's like, because he's a Wookiee. He's That's got, why. Yeah, he's got Wookiee healing. He's got whatever Wolverine has. Like, they're the same kind of, no. <laughs> so maybe, but, you know, there's also, like, stim packs and stuff. That's it. Come on, they don't have to show everything. Why does everyone want to see everything? And then there are things that they do that I didn't even notice until I went and, and kind of looked back at it where, you know, they couldn't, those, uh, those they're like giant destroyer droids, basically, mm-hmm. when they have their shields. You know, they make a point of the Mando saying, like, our Blasters can't get through it, and our slug weapons have too high velocity That's it. to get through it. You can't just walk through it either unless the shields are set a different way. That's it. And when the Mandalorian finally is able to get through it, you can actually see the shield go like full front, mm-hmm. like the color changes. And yeah, it I didn't even up. notice that yep. until I saw it the second time because the thing's getting attacked by a Rancor. <laughs> oh, the Rancor! The, the Danny Trejo training and bonding session has paid off. Yeah, Boba Fett's like, I'll be back. Yeah, there's so much that goes in this, and we're not going to do it like, and the, there's just so much that goes on. We're not going to do it in like scene by scene over here. There's <laughs> just, there's a, we, we get to see Boba Fett riding on the back of a Rancor. Which I think is a nod back to comic books again. I think it's a nod back to that animated animation there it where is, he yeah. rode on that, whatever that thing was. Is that the holiday special? Yeah. Yeah, the there Loch you go. This monster looking thing. But he's riding it like it's King Kong. He's climbing yeah. over buildings. It's helping take <laughs> yeah, out the droids. It gets loose and climbs a tower, <laughs> just like King Kong. He's like, I'm angry and bored <laughs> now. I've got to go do stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're going for cover. Like, tanks show up. And then, like, it turns out Freetown shows up. Yep. Like, all these moving parts. Uh, it is a little, like, deus ex machina when it needs to mm-hmm. be, which is fine because this is the big finale. You yeah. know the good guys are going to win, mm-hmm. but they take some losses. I mean, it's yeah. not easy for them. Those We ro- lose the Gamorreans. Oh, yeah, they get pushed off the cliff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was that was harsh. Yeah. But the war droids are cool. Uh, we get the, the biker gang comes back, but now they're snipers and they're like, you know, they're the city yeah. punks that are going up on the roof to help out. Pelly has Grogu. 
And she's riding around in a little catamaran. It's like, what are you doing? You should not be here. You're bringing baby Grogu back to this battlefield that is active and just explosions everywhere. But Grogu is back. And, and he, he, he saves the Mandalorian twice. He does. He pulls like a, like a joint or something out of one of those wardroids legs. Oh, yeah, like some key component. Yeah. He's just like, oh, shiny ball that I like. <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> oh, that hug between them, though, a little touching moment. I know. Oh, so cute. Hey, little guy. He's like, wee. And then, and then man, when he, when he like, tames the rancor <laughs> and makes it go to sleep and then snuggles up with it. And then falls asleep yeah. himself. That's so good. It's like, oh, my power's done. We're friends now. <laughs> Oh no! You're I my... want a, like a little thing of that. I want like a picture of that, or like a model of that. Oh, absolutely! The rancor with the little Grogu sleeping next to it. Little diorama. Yeah, absolutely. We do get the final showdown between Cad Bane and yeah. Boba Fett. It's real interesting because I heard a lot of a lot of people aren't clued into the animated stuff, and I mean, this is a this is like a heavy felony project. This this TV stuff. I got you. And you really like. Just being a fan of the movies is is only going to get you so far. If You kind of have to watch Clone Wars and Rebels to really know what the heck is happening with a lot of this stuff. Especially the Cad... A lot of people didn't know the Cad Bane Boba Fett history where Cad Bane pretty much taught Boba Fett how to be a bounty hunter. I get it. You know, so the whole, like, him calling him an old man and, all like, a lot of people didn't get what was happening right there. It, me being only, like partially familiar with the animated series it still works in their interactions and you do get a sense that there is more the cool part about it cool part about it is there is more you can go back to the animated series and mm -hmm. get some of that backstory yeah. but still works without it in my opinion and it was a great fight too that they had together but like you were saying earlier he leveled up if it was bounty hunter versus bounty hunter it would have probably been an even match maybe even gone to cad bane of course gone to cad bane but we're talking about New improved Boba Fett that mm -hmm. has Tuscan Raider training. And that's how he beat him. Oh, the gaffy stick is the yeah. winning weapon. That is so cool. So, and do you think that Cad Bane's not dead because that little blinky light on his chest? I love Cad Bane. I love mm -hmm. the way he sounds. I love the way he looks. I love his whole character. If he is dead, I get it. That's that fitting for this chapter or this book in this series. I would love to see more of him. Though. Yes, I would too. And I wouldn't like, I mean, Darth Maul can come back with spider legs. I mean, I know. Cat I know, can right. come back with something. I know. But of course, our heroes prevail, but kind of make about, I don't know, a quarter of Mos Espa rubble. <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll clean that up later. So. We'll, we'll pay for the repairs and damages. Well, they do clean it up later. We get we see him cleaning it up. That's it. And we get the f funny line where like his the, his where he got shot by Cad Bane. Oh yeah, is where he needs to like touch to bow, <laughs> like in the whatever the tattooing bow, and he's like, oh, why did it have to be that arm? <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, right. That was funny. And then he's like, I don't know if I made the right choice here. I kind of like that part because you're like, he kind of said what a lot of people were like. Why is Boba Fett doing this? Yep. And at the very end, when he's, like, walking through the town and people are, like, paying respects to him and giving him fruit and stuff, and he's like, I don't know. What, this what, makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, and then, and then Fennec is like, if not you, who, who's going to do it? Yeah. And by the way, let's talk about Fennec. Mignot Wen was so good in the series. That's it? So good. She like, super highlight. Like the, I'm, it's not like a, they make a good duo. It's not really, it's not like a straight man comic relief thing, but whatever they have going on there, 
it's a really good balance yeah. because for as wise and uh, peaceful just justice as Boba Fett is going, mm. she's the one next to him going, "We should kill these people." Yeah, she's the rogue. Yeah, she's yeah. kind of got the she's kind of the Han Solo of it. She's the muscle. She's the the yeah. riff him up and be done with yeah, it. And you believe it with Ming Na. Jeez oh. Louise. Ooh. Oh yeah, because oh. That little scene where she goes and takes out the mayor for crossing them over, uh-huh. and she's just like in the shadows in the ceiling, like hanging oh, yeah, people and yeah. taking people out. That's the, the, the very almost at the very end. Yeah, that was such, it, it was a passing scene, but you're like, holy crap! Like she can back up everything she says. Yeah. Like if she says she's gonna like hear stuff on the roof. That's it. It's yeah. like, if Ming Na Wen says I'm gonna take you out, you're like, okay, you're gonna take me out. Thank you. Yeah, Fennec Shan's supposed to be one of the greatest assassins in the galaxy. Oh, so good. Yeah, so. That kind of right. We we kind of it's kind of funny because it kind of ended on like a '80s like almost like everyone laughing. No, oh, yeah, it didn't pause, but freeze frame roll credits. Yeah, yeah, it didn't really freeze frame, but it was like it was like Boba Fett had that fruit and he gave it to or what do you call what's his nickname? They called him Santo. Santo. Um, they, he gave it to Santo and like the one of the mods was like, "What? I don't get a fruit." And he's like, "You want to take it from him?" You know. <laughs> And then we get the, speaking of 80 scenes, we do get the two follow-up beats to see where mm-hmm. we're, give us a hint where we're going in the future. The first one being, Mando has his new starship. He's in his starfighter. Mm-hmm. Grogu's in the cockpit that should be for a droid, but I called it when I saw it. It's oh, a Grogu, yeah. Grogu pod. I totally thought they were going to do the internet meme because Grogu's tapping on the pod with his little ball. I thought he was going to make Mando push a button and start blasting music. But no, it's just hyperdrive. They take off yeah. to wherever Mando th- season three is going to pick mm-hmm. up. But they're back together again. That's so touching and mm-hmm. means we're going to get to see both of them together for Mando season three. And then we get a credit beat where we see, speaking of people we hope aren't dead, Cobb Vanth is floating in the, the mm. backstory tank yeah. <laughs> or the flashback tank. Will we get flashbacks from him? I don't know. But it was cool to see Thundercat again and Timothy Oliphant. I didn't want him to die. He's a good guy. No, yeah. So that was the other beat we get. That's great. Yeah, I know. Future stuff. So... You know, and you wonder what's what's going to happen. Like, are they doing more Boba Fett? Is this just stuff for Mando? Is this stuff for Ahsoka? It, it seems like there's been enough time for them to have at least announced a season two for Book of Boba Fett, but that hasn't happened. So this may just be a one-off mm-hmm. part chapter. Of the, I, they called it Book of Boba Fett. I have nitpicks with the name. It should have been the chapter of Boba Fett, but that doesn't work as yeah, well. Yeah, right. Because it is Mandalorian 2.5, really. And But... Still enjoyable because mm-hmm. we get more Boba Fett. But I think this is a smaller part in a bigger arc. Right, of the Mandalorian. And I yeah. think they presented it as like, here's its own arc and its own thing when really it's like, it's not. It, yeah. this is our side quest in uh, to the main quest. Mm-hmm. Unlike Obi-Wan, which is its own thing. And Ahsoka, which is probably going to be its own thing. We'll see how it goes. So, Mikey, bum, bum, a pizza bum. rating for the Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett. Out of eight slices of pizza, I'm trying eight to th- being the best, you can <laughs> add or subtract toppings. What do you give Book of Boba Fett? Uh, it, it, it's a deciding line because I brought up some nitpicks and I really don't have too many. Like I'm ready to go binge watch this again and find the Easter eggs and maybe find more nitpicks. There's but... supposed to be 91 Easter eggs. <laughs> okay. I think we called out maybe 10 of them. <laughs> so, um, But I, like I said, I'm anxious to go back. I love the lore, so it's getting me back into Star Wars. So got to give it credit for that. Despite all my nitpicks, it's either seven slices supreme or eight slice cheese. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the deciding line. Mm-hmm. So I'll be nice and say eight slice cheese, mm-hmm. which is the highest, oh, almost the highest we can give it. But yep. I definitely had a great time 
throughout the whole thing. I concur. I thought this was really good. I enjoyed all of it. I defended a lot of the nitpicks people have. The nitpicks that I have are few and far between. My biggest problem uh, was that his teeth were insanely white. <laughs> but again, if I want to say that maybe the back to tank, maybe back to tanks are good for your teeth. I don't know. But his whiteness of his teeth were distracting. Um, so given that, though, it is definitely an eight slicer for me. I'll I'll go with you and say eight slice cheese. But maybe now I liked it a little better. Let's put a top one topping. Eight slice one topping. There you go. I'm not going to supreme it because of those teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and is this Boba Fett? Is this Mando? You know, what toppings are we getting? You finally yeah. just say, okay, we're getting the one topping everybody likes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm eight with slice you. pepperoni. Right. Pepperoni, okay. Well, no, you said the one topping everyone likes. Isn't that the one topping everyone likes? Uh, I would, uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Anyway, so we really liked Book of Boba Fett, and we want you guys to tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. Did Cad Bane look weird to you? No. Um, did you want to see Sebastian Stan instead of a CGI? <laughs> uh, Luke, were you saying, where's get back to Boba Fett? This isn't supposed to be at the Mandalorian. Get him out of there. I hate Vespas. Yeah. Do you hate Vespas? Hey, we want we want you to tell us everything you think about Book of Boba Fett. You can hit us up on our social medias at Assuming Pod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mostly Instagram because that's pictures and pictures are fun. Uh, you can also Gmail us, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Dot com. Every week I ask Mikey, how would you like the Gmail formatted? Uh, in uh, this is another audiophile one, but I want to communicate in the form of Tuscan grunts, my favorite part of this show. So <laughs> learn how to grunt like a Tuscan and angrily grunt at me, your opinions. Mm, and alternately, you can send Jawa ease. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, we want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you like our show, and even if you don't like it, go rate and review it. Put five stars four stars, whatever the top stars are, the thumbs, put them all up. Yep. Um, give us eight slices of pizza. We would really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys so much. We want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing. Not Scott Production for Equipment and Chazar for our music. And we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We will see you next week with more nerdy content. Pow, pow, pow. Fat. 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 Fat.